Hello everyone and welcome to the final episode of season four, episode 10 on the Drone to 1K podcast. I'm your host and founder of Drone Launch Academy, David Young. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode today. Uh, I'll be talking with Danny Alassad of Hoverscape uh, and also Mole Media, which is his side hustle. This man has a full-time job as a drone pilot doing uh, cell tower, uh, drone inspections, data acquisition, and his side hustle is also a drone. So really excited to bring this episode to you. We talk a lot about um, how the cell tower inspection and digital twin process works. So if you're interested in cell towers and doing infrastructure inspections, um, processing that kind of information, working with clients like that, Danny dives into that for his full-time job. And then we also talk about his um, side hustle, which is more on the video production side of things. He's done some big time stuff with some production houses, so it was fun to talk about that as well. So a lot to learn here uh, in this episode with Danny. And he is actually in Australia. I believe he may be our first international guest that we've had on the show. Uh, we had a lot of great things to talk about, great things to say, so excited to get to that. A few new things I wanted to talk to you about and a few people I wanted to congratulate. So if you're unfamiliar uh, with Drone Launch Academy, we have some education courses related to using drones for commercial purposes. So a lot of people take our courses if they want to start a drone business and learn some skills where they work for their company and they need to know how to do certain things. Uh, so we have courses now. Uh, we've done some live courses on mapping, but we're coming out with the recorded on-demand version soon. We have other courses in roof inspection, cinematography, photography, and part 107, uh, as, as well as some other little courses. But we have some new clubs. So we wanted to recognize people when they hit certain milestones or achievements. So we have a, uh, a business course or a set of business courses. And in there, uh, we are recognizing people who cert hit certain marks. But we're going to be opening up these clubs to people who have taken other courses and have also achieved certain things. So we have first the first client club which you are eligible to join um, once you get your first client with your drone service business. So we wanted to celebrate even your small wins, because I know even though it may seem like a small win, getting your first client if you have a drone service business is very exciting and it's a big deal to you as a business owner, even though it may seem like a small deal to someone else. So you wanted to celebrate that with you. So we have the first client club and we also have the 1K club, which is a uh, achievement club you can join once you hit a thousand dollars a month with your drone service business. And when you hit that, you can get a t-shirt, you get a, a glass plaque that we send to you um, and a little cool package. So I want to uh, announce our first entries into those clubs. We sent out uh, an email to just a few of our course members to kind of test things out. So here we go. Here are our first inductees into the first client club. So first client club members, I would like to welcome are Chris Francescani. Sorry if I messed up your last name, Chris. Brian Coaster, Galen Gnetti, Adrian O'Dell, Eric Gunderson, Robert Nix, Ethan Thompson, Forrest Govoni, Kevin Olson, Eric Bourne, Magnus Ekloff, Matt Ricosi, Travis Beard, Brian St. Pierre, Will Duggar, Al Spina, Robert Petrosic, Matt Sveed, Nicholas Torsak, Jeff Kay, Ronald Williams Garcia, and Justin Wells. Congratulations to all of you for landing your first client at some point and joining the first client club. You'll be getting your first client club t-shirts in the mail soon. All right, now for our 1K club uh, inductees. Chris Francescani, Brian Coaster, Galen Gennetti, 
Adrian O'Dell, Eric Gunderston, Robert Nix, Ethan Thompson, Forrest, Giovanni, Kevin Olson, and Eric Bourne. Uh, this first group of people were all in our Drone to 1K or Business Mastery. Those are the same program, but Drone to 1K slash Business Mastery program. Um, and they were able to hit the 1K mark with their drone businesses. So congratulations to all of you and a big shout out and thank you for learning with Drone Launch Academy. More importantly, going out there and putting that knowledge into action because that's the only way it happens. You can take courses till you're blue in the face, but if you don't go out there and actually do something, nothing happens. All right, one more thing before we get going. Uh, remember, go to askdronelaunch.com. If you wanna ask us your drone questions, we're gonna be making YouTube videos, answering your questions directly. Also, if you want a just regular free drone launch shirt, if you wanna leave a review of the podcast on Apple iTunes, an honest review, don't wanna bribe you to leave a good review if you don't like it, but leave a review, send us a screenshot to david at dronelaunchacademy.com and jorge at dronelaunchacademy.com. Uh, screenshot us your review and we'll get you a free t-shirt to say thank you for taking the time to do that. All right, all those announcements out of the way. Sorry, it was a little longer today, but I was pumped about those clubs and uh, seeing everybody's accomplishments. Let's dive into the interview with Danny. Hope you learn and enjoy. All right. Well, welcome everyone to the Drone to 1K podcast season four. Uh, today we have with us Danny Elisad on the podcast. I think you might be our furthest guest that I've ever interviewed. I'm in Florida and Danny, where are you at? Uh, Sydney, Australia. So yeah, way down under. <laughs> <laughs> just like all classic Australian words you just threw in there. Right? That's that's awesome. Well, well, thanks for coming on the podcast. What'd you thanks say? Thanks for having me. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll keep throwing all the lingo in all day. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, please ham it up. Well, most I think most of our listeners are from the US, but we do have people that listen from all over the world. So um, we know we might have some Australian listeners and they're now feeling uh, at home and well represented here by you on the podcast. So um, <laughs> cool. Well, one thing I'm excited about uh, chatting with Danny is you have a very broad skill set when it comes to the drone, as I found out just now. Um, I actually didn't realize this when we booked the podcast, but Danny uh, is a former or current slash former whatever drone launch student, which is funny. Um, he's like, I think I've taken well, many courses. So yeah, it's awesome. Well, Danny, why don't you why don't you tell us uh, like, hey, when you just take us to the beginning, uh, when you first got into drones, when you started doing stuff, and uh, tell us how you kind of got into the industry. Right. So um, he's gone back a while now. Uh, twenty seventeen. Um, I was mm -hmm. a chef for fifteen years of my life. You know, running wow. kitchens, back and forward. Um, and in the meantime, I managed to pick up a Mavic Pro, which is actually right there. Um. And between working shifts in the kitchen, I'd just go out, fly the drone, you know, start an Instagram page, which, you know, as everyone that buys a drone just wants to take some pretty photos and, you know, videos and whatnot. Um, but then I realized there's a lot more to the drone industry than just taking pretty photos. So I tried to upskill myself, upskill myself, um, learn, reached out to a lot of people, networked around the whole industry, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the different social platforms. Um, thinking I could do anything with the drone, I really couldn't. So I actually need to learn a fair bit. Like you guys, you know, you got your online courses and everything, which really help out a fair bit. Good. Um, uh, started, started in real estate, trying to learn, learn the actual cinematography side of it and whatnot. Built on that and kind of turned it into a bit more of a, a side hustle, I guess you will, which is, you know, through my, through my Instagram page. Mm -hmm. um, from there, I actually got my license. So in Australia, it's called the REPL or Remote Pilot License. Um, which turns out I learned a lot. Like, you know, you need to learn, you know, what the cloud bases are doing. Um, what's the weather 
hundred Ks away. Like you learn, you'll learn all this kind of stuff on the course. Um, then started just reaching out to other people, seeing if anyone wanted any work done. Um, and now I'm working, you know, full time doing it for a company called Hoverscape. I'm actually yeah. the chief yeah. pilot after all these years. Yeah, I like I like how you were telling me right before we started this that your full time job is chief pilot for a company doing drone stuff, and then your side hustle is more drone stuff, just in a different <laughs> industry or segment. So just, just to keep it sh- you know shaken up a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think you're the first person I've interviewed who has a full time hustle in uh in drones. And for those listening, you know, he, you do um, tell us what you do with your full time job. So our full time, my full time job is obviously been the chief remote pilot at Hoverscape. Um, mm-hmm. We specialize in ultra high resolution photogrammetry, um, using a variety of drones from your Mavics all out to custom, you know, fifteen kilo drones with um, custom payloads, pretty much to create digital twins. Um, which and what is and and for those listening, what is a digital twin? Because a lot of people won't know that. It's I don't break it down. Um, it's essentially taking thousands of photos of whatever the asset may be, whether it be a warehouse, a telco tower, a, a farm even, uh, stitching all those photos together and creating a 3D model. So you can look at, you know, you can essentially sit behind your desk and annotate a model. You can view, view every nook and cranny of an asset. Yeah. It's like a really high resolution, really accurate 3D model. Is that right? Yeah. Spot on. Yep. A lot, um, of, a lot of our photos, a lot of, a lot of memory taken on those hard drives. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. What's like, what's the typical size of like a, a digital twin project, like the final file project file? It, it, it varies. Honestly, we could, you could do a, you could do a, say a telco tower that might be 12 to 15 gigapixels. You might do a warehouse up to 350 gigapixels. Mm. In that sense, that could be, you know, 200 gigabytes of imagery, mm, especially gotcha. if you use a frame camera. 200 gigs. That's a lot. It's a lot of pickles. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think that might, I think my, that would take up like a quarter of my computer space. Oh, my, um, my computer could run for a week straight and have no idea what it's doing. <laughs> <laughs> now, real quick, you were talking about towers. What, what, what kind of towers were you calling? Them? I mean, maybe this is like oh. Australia versus US type of thing. Oh, telecommunications towers. So the ones. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, tele- yeah. Yeah. We just call them. Um, I would, or at least I would call them cell towers, I guess, but. Uh, yeah, cool. Cell tower, mobile tower, telco tower. It's all, it's all the same. Oh, thing. telco tower. The <laughs> accent was getting me. I'm like, is he saying taco tower? I was like, that sounds delicious. Hey, yeah, I, yeah. I telco just, tower. I yeah, wish yeah, you could yeah. hang out at taco towers all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it got to telco tower. Um, okay, cool. So you got mapping, digital twin stuff, asset inspection stuff full time during the day. And then give us a little rundown of your side hustle, also drone gig. So my side hustle is my, you know, my, my little bit of fun keeps creativity flowing. It's mole media. So mole, little animals, my nickname I got back in high school. No idea how, I just stuck with it and turned it into a thing. <laughs> do your friends still uh, call you mole? All of them do. There's a lot of oh, people really? that don't actually know my name is Danny. They just call me mole. <laughs> really? Oh, that's yeah. so funny. So yeah, we're just stuck with it. And here's mole media. Um, what was it? Five years later, still doing the same thing. Awesome. Um, Yet again, as I mentioned, I kind of networked a lot back in the early days. So I've kind of got a broad broad spectrum of people I talk to and hang out with and do jobs for and been a very small, tight-knit industry. A lot of us share work around. So if jobs need to be done, you know, I can cover it. Yeah. Um, but I've done stuff from just the general filming, you know, general photography, which is for Instagram and stuff, 
ranging all the way up to big, big budget productions, filming for Netflix, uh, you know, TV shows, all the fun stuff which travels around, you know, around the world, not right now the world, but the country of Australia and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've done everything. You're chilling for Netflix, getting cell phone tower stuff, just living the drone dream over there, it sounds like. Pretty, pretty much. I, love, <laughs> I hate using the term jack of all trades, but yeah. kind of kind of am, I guess. And here's the thing I would say. I, I feel like you're a very unique case of someone who can like do both. I feel like you kind of, because I feel like here's what happens when people want to start a drone service business. They're just like, I'll take any work that comes my way. So they try to advertise that they do everything. And I, at least from my perception, I've seen that it kind of hurts people because if, but you have two different, yours is pretty segmented, right? Like you're working for a company that's doing like asset inspection stuff. And it's very targeted on that. When I go on that company's website, it says nothing on there about, Hey, do you need us to shoot video production stuff? Because they're very like focused on that. Right. And so yeah. you just happen to have developed on your own another skill where you've networked and done. So you've almost like done the work that someone would normally do to create one niche, but you've created two, yeah. right? So um, that's pretty much it. Like when I first started out, I thought, you know, as per most of us, we think we can do anything. Then you realize pretty quickly you can't. You've, you need you need all the different permits and licenses and understanding of essentially the legalities behind what you're doing. You know, if you're mm -hmm. going to do a survey, well, how do you how do you confirm that that survey is accurate? That's where the full-time job comes in with Hoverscape. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and you've been able to like network in each of those industries and understand the problems and what people need to know in each of those, you know, what questions people have. So, you know, that's, that's the thing when people kind of like, oh, well, I do construction and I do cinematography and I do this. I'm like, you've had a drone business for like three months. Like there's no way you could be really good at all that stuff, you know? So like I always tell you, just like, pick one, go deep on it. And then when you like conquered that, then you're going to add them on. So exactly one, one step at a time. Cause if you take on everything, you just, your mind's all over the place. You need to focus that energy where that's, I guess what my full-time job allowed me to do. Yeah. We still did the little, you know, we did the real estate stuff and the creative jobs, but the core of the business was the asset inspections and the photogrammetry. Yeah. Also yeah, raising awesome. the bar on what we're actually doing, creating higher resolution models. Yeah. Well, um, I want to I want to dive into a little bit first on the. We'll talk about both businesses, but I want to dive into some of the stuff you do at um, Hoverscape first because I think a lot of people will be interested to hear about that uh, on the podcast. We get people asking us about you know mapping and some of the inspection stuff. And we've had we've had a few folks on here who've done that. Um, you know, we have had a lot of you know video production or real estate and a lot of that. But I want to dive in because I feel like we haven't had a lot of people on here with the asset inspection uh, modeling um, side of things. So walk us through the process, almost give us like a little mini lesson here. So if you're going to go out and you're going to get a digital twin for, let's say, a telco tower or a cell tower, um, what's that job like kind of from, from beginning to end? Obviously, there's some people that are only on audio. We have no software. It's just a video. I'm not like, I'm not saying do a, do a software tutorial, but just like you know, walk us through the job because there's some people who don't even know what that looks like or they're interested to know, like, how do you even go out and wh why are you getting this data and what are you doing with it and how are you getting it and how, what software do you use to process it with and all that stuff. So maybe just pretend like you're going out to a cell tower, telco tower job. How's it work? So majority of the time before we actually go on site, we, we like to get all the information on the tower. It's not always available. So I actually carry a Mavic Mini in my camera bag at all times. Okay. Um, we use a lot of automated software, especially for our towers, just so, or 
most of, a lot of our models is automated software, just because that way you can always get the uniformity and all of the information is correct. You know, you might miss a bit of overlap if you're doing it manually. Yeah. In saying do that, you, there is a lot of emissions. Do you guys use DroneLink or you guys use something else? No, we use Drone Harmony. So they're based Drone over Harmony. Switzerland from memory. Okay. Don't hold me to that. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah. They're they're amazing. Um, out of all the softwares I've used, Drone Harmony is the one I happily talk about the most because it's just the most fluid and it's made for vertical assets like towers, like you know, high-rise mm -hmm. buildings and whatnot. Cool. Um, I'll take the Mavic Mini out, say fly up around the tower, get the exact as close as possible heights and dimensions of the tower itself, where the antennas and everything are, input all that information into Drone Harmony because they have an actual tower scan app. Mm -hmm. So you can actually get into Drone Harmony saying, okay, this is the antenna at this side, you know, what angles are we going to capture? Um, and then hit go. And the drone the drone does it all itself. That's um, nice. What's we the do, typical flight path for like a tower, uh, like collecting the data? A lot of the time I try and do vertical vertical um, missions up and down the tower because that way you're not flying in the actual, um, the radio frequency, sorry, radio interference as much. Because if, yeah. if you're doing orbits around the tower, you're sitting in front of those antennas, good chances you can lose, lose your signal. Mm. Um, with the, say we use like the DJI Inspires, they can't get very close to towers, I've noticed. You can get mm. 10, 15 meters, give or take, then you lose signal because you know the, the, they, they use light bridge too, which isn't the most stable network when you've got a lot of interference. But lately I've been using the Mavic 2 because I can get about two meters from the tower with zero issues. Cool. Which is you so know, you'll, a game changer. You can actually read yeah, it that's awesome. the so do you, you, you kind of, you, so you'll fly just in one position, just straight up capturing photos on the way up and then move over and yeah. then go straight down. Exactly. Yeah. I'll try and get a variety of angles using the gimbal. Say you want to be looking up and looking down, but one of the biggest issues is getting enough transitional imagery between, between the actual uh, laps themselves. So you mm -hmm. want to be getting imagery minimum every 30 degrees. So what's that 360 degrees? So essentially 36 laps of a tower would be ideal. Oh, I see. Oh, wow. So 36, basically, if you're looking at a stick up and down, like 36 of those all the way around the tower. Yeah. In, in theory, like there's always going to be, you know, you're going to have the sheds around the bottom, you're going to have trees around, like there's always, there's always things we have to deal with, you know, on site at the time, but a perfect scenario would be being able to cover the whole entire tower around, no, no interruptions, no nothing. So if a tree or a shed is blocking something, are you going to have to go capture more imagery to fill in those spaces? Yeah, a lot of the time that's when we have to use a manual mission to actually kind of get underneath the trees, fly pretty close to trees and get in, you know, to be able to see everything. You ever wrecked a drone? I've been very close, touch wood. I haven't actually dropped a drone yet. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's that's impressive considering I've, all that I've, stuff you're doing. I've nicked I've nicked a tree once. And I think I've got about uh, nearly 700 hours logged. Wow. And that just nicked a tree. I was. That's more <laughs> than I can say. Right now, PTSD is kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> I say I have far fewer hours and far more crashes, so we just won't talk about it for a minute. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. So you, uh, so you, you do this flight up and down, kind of thirty-six, you know, up and downs, if you will. Um, I don't know what what do you call them? You said transitional imagery, or I don't know the right terminology here. Yeah, so transitional imagery is making sure you're cut, essentially covering every angle, and then when the computer processes the model that it can actually see the stitching between the imagery. Think of it like mm -hmm. a panorama image you're taking of just say a landscape. If there's not enough overlap, the software doesn't know how to stitch it. Right. Where to line, where to line the photos up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, so you do that, you get all that imagery. How many, how many images would that be on like a cell tower? So for a standard monopole tower, which is just say the tower with a couple of antennas at the top, you want to average between 650 to 800. It's kind of a good scalable margin, mm -hmm. um, depending on what the actual client needs to find and see and what quality they're actually after. But that's what I found. That's a very good scalable option to be able to do that on a daily basis. Gotcha. Otherwise, you're coming home with you know terabytes of data, which you yeah. really don't want to upload. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you get back and are you just, are you processing the data where you are or do you send it off somewhere else and it gets processed as it go from there? So this is where the magic happens. So we're very lucky that the, the owners of Hoverscape actually have a sister company called Transpec, um, which is a portal made for asset management. So okay. I essentially, once I get home, all I'm doing is uploading that data. Then the magicians in the background are working to create these models. So there's okay. no logging down my computer, they've got their, you know, they've got mm. their servers wherever they may be. Um, yep. And they work the magic behind the scenes. And, you know, a day later, depending on the size of the model, day two, three, spits out this beautiful model, as long as I've captured it correctly. Yeah, a beautiful 3D model. So yeah. they've got some major server firepower to handle all this stuff. Basically. Oh, yeah. There's nice. the, the genius behind the platform is unreal. And it's a turnkey solution, essentially. I go out, capture the imagery, and the clients are able to actually inspect the imagery, annotate, mark up these models, and share that between all their all their stuff, you know, from the toolbox to the boardroom. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I'm always curious, you know, I, I feel like some people when they go to now doing something like digital twins of a cell tower is a little bit more of an arduous task to do on your own than say like you know, a real estate shoot, right? So, um, you know, but if you have the capabilities and the equipment and the software, I mean, cause you could, there's software out there that you can get on your own if you want and different third-party solutions to do some of this stuff. Um, uh, let's say somebody's doing that and they had a contract with the cell tower company. I feel like most people, they don't understand the problems that these customers have, or these clients have, they don't understand those problems well enough to go and articulate, Hey, here's how I could help you with X, Y, Z. Right. So yes. when you're out there getting these digital twins and doing these 3D models uh, for these companies, I don't know how much interaction you have with the end client, but what are they typically looking for? Like, why would they want a digital twin in the first place? A lot of the time we found out with models, say, like, sorry, uh, the end clients, I don't personally have to go to that level of dealing with the actual end client because we might be dealing with multi-billion dollar companies yeah. where guys in the boardrooms are the ones that are viewing all this when it has to go through 20 odd parties before then, which mm -hmm. dealing with government and stuff, it tends to take a while to get over the line, which that's expected. Yeah. But how do I word this? It's, you need, then the main things I want to see are say, you know, is the correct amount of antennas that they're paid for? Is mm -hmm. there enough, um, is there enough cable in there? Is there, is there room on that tower or structure to put, you know, to upgrade or to facilitate new, new um new items there or even mm -hmm. say the internals of the server rooms on towers how much room have they got to put new servers in there or for you know a new client to come in and add to their tower mm, gotcha they kind of, it's it, it can be check-in it can be it can be checking the trends over a few years to so say if you got you know you capture the same asset you know once a year for three years that third year you might be like oh, hang on that bolt there is starting to rust out mm. Yeah. So anywhere from 
maintenance to, you know, managing how much is on there to, you know, inspecting exactly. who's got what equipment on there because yeah. cell towers, from my understanding, again, I'm not a telecom wizard or anything, but from my limited understanding, limited understanding, usually there's like a, someone who owns the actual physical tower and then they lease out space to Verizon and cell phone companies and TV providers and stuff like that, right? Yeah, sp spot on. So that person that owns the tower might not 100% know, you know, say there could have been a contract who gone, has gone out and be like, oh yeah, you know, there's three antennas. Or mm. why is there only two there? But and it's gotcha. a simple, it's a, it's a human mistake. But yeah. if you've got that digital twin right there that every single person in the whole entire process can see, yeah, is uniformity. When, you know, someone's not gone out with their iPad taking one or two photos from the ground. You're getting... Right ridiculously high quality image or model of the asset right there that no one yeah. can you know, cause issues it's, about. it's funny i talked to a a government agency one time who they put their own they had their own secure communications and they would put um they would rent space on cell towers um for you know their own like secure communications they're doing different operations right so they they would put their stuff over there, but they had guys uh, that worked for them full time. Their job was to like main, you know, maintain this equipment, and so they occasionally they'd have to go inspect the stuff on the tower. And I was talking to them because some of them were they're thinking about using drones, and yeah. they and I'm like, well, how do you do it now? They're like, well, we have like a super zoom lens on like a DSLR, and we just oh. point it up there. He's like, I can't exactly see it from the you know I know where I'm pointing at, but I just kind of shoot some pictures, hope it's in focus enough. And then when we get back, I kind of blow it up and then try to see the condition of our equipment. <laughs> like, oh. Now, can, oh, you, man, can you imagine dude. being a person on the other end that's getting that folder of a thousand images? That they're <laughs> yeah. Geo-referenced or it's like, oh, this is um the north side. This is the south side. Yeah. Cool. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it just drones. Can just, yeah. Such a huge problem. So that I think that's helpful to know, you know, hey, what are people using them for? What's the, like, what's the problem that it solves, right? And so um, yeah. I think that's good as people understand more about how that, how that industry works. Um, yeah. It's awesome. So, you know, what are, so you said you'll do stuff, basically digital twins of everything. Is it mostly telecom work or are there other types of industries um, that are pretty common? A lot of it's telco work just now, but it's the whole industry is still in, in its infancy. Um, you know, we're doing, we're doing telco, we're doing warehouses, we've done canals, um, there's companies I know in Australia that have done, say, you know, these massive dams or almost yeah. city, city blocks. Yeah. The, 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 we're still at such early stages of everything we do. But for yeah. now, work we specialize in, which, yeah, again, jack of all trades, we're more, more so kind of confined to perfecting the art of, say, telco towers, warehouses, yeah. structure, structures. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I hope that helps folks on the, that, are, that are listening who are interested in you know, asset inspection, telco, um, you know, that, that world of, of kind of capturing digital twins in, in mapping. Um, all right, well, let's hop over to the other side. So you started your side project, the Mole Media. That was your first company, right? Before you, before you joined up with uh, Hoverscape, wasn't it? Is that what you said earlier? Yeah, it was. Okay. I, was, um, I bought my Mavic and a day later made an Instagram page. A day after that, started the business. <laughs> All right. I love it. Just getting after it. So, exactly. so how long have you had, or as of now, how long have you worked for Hoverscape? Uh, 20, early 2018. Okay. So, so you did, so was that as of now, like three years? So you had your own side thing for what, like two years and then joined Hoverscape? 
Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. Now, um, how how big is this? I mean, you can share whatever you're comfortable sharing, but like, how busy are you? Or how much revenue are you doing on for just like the side hustle thing? Like, is it more of just like I do a little bit as a hobby, or is it like you raking it in? Peaks and troughs. Um, I'll, I'll admit, pre-COVID, I had mm-hmm. no spare time. I'd you know Monday to Friday daytimes, I'd work hoverscape. Night times and weekends, I was pumping out jobs left, right, and center. Um, but the creative industry did take a bit of a blow because of COVID, which you know, yeah, it is what it is. But I'm thankful that I actually do have a full time job with the you know all the telco stuff and and with hoverscape. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> no, no, I'm just asking, like, you know, how, how is it going? I guess that makes sense because in, in Australia, you guys are a lot more, things are stricter over there as far as, you know, things being locked down than, than you know, some, some other place in the world. So I guess that's pretty, pretty limited uh, what's been going on in the kind of entertainment and creative space. Yeah. Look, as I said, yeah, prior to COVID, it was a lot busier. Um, I had no spare time, but I absolutely loved it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. My missus didn't love it as much because it was, but she's saying that she does help out on a lot of jobs now. She's kind of working her oh, way really? into the industry as well, yeah, which is cool. What does she do? What does she do for you when you guys go out on a job? Um, mainly spot in. She she does help. She's jumped on a few dual operations jobs on the Inspires before. Um, she's picking it up pretty quickly. <laughs> nice, that's cool, man. A little little uh, drone dream team. Exactly, yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, it's, it's it's kind of just keeping busy as much as possible. Work comes in through a lot of friends, and as I said earlier, we have just a networker across Australia, you know, someone might be like, Oh, look, I've got this job. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Sweet. If I've got a job that I can't do, which is coming up quite a few times lately, then mm-hmm. I'll give it to one of my mates to do. And cool. as a picks and troughs. Yeah. So are you doing mostly like, um, like cinematography work for like movie stuff or do you doing real estate or what's kind of your most common for your mole media stuff? Like what type of work would you say as of now? There's no really common. It's really, um, it's a mixture of, as you said, between you know cinematography, that comes through. You know, I've got one mate that's pretty, pretty crazy into the um the media industry. He's been doing it for mm-hmm. about thirty years or so. Oh, wow. Um, I do a lot. I do a lot of work with him when it comes to movies and traveling around and stuff. And then we get a lot of say local real estate agents. Like I've recently just moved, you know, just out of Sydney, and a lot of the local real estate agents have been hitting me up asking for a fair bit of work, just purely through Instagram. You know, to okay. take a few locations, and they're like, "Oh, can you do this?" But I can do that. <laughs> nice. Well, your Instagram, it sounds like you've been doing it for a while too. So you have a pretty good history on there. Yeah. Um, so, so over there, I mean, I'm familiar with the stuff in the U S but I have no idea how they do things in the, in Australia as far as pricing goes for like, so if someone was going to say, Hey, we've got this, you know, TV show thing. Can you shoot it? Cause I can't do it. How does that price out? Is it just like a fixed price for the whole job or will you charge them like hourly or day rate or how does that work? Depends on depends on the job. Sometimes they might literally need, say, a drone for one or two hours to get, say, just the pretty high and wide shots. That would just be, you know, just a standard hour rate. A lot of time, though, it's uh, the half day or full day rate. You know, it could be dependent on the project and dependent on the rates. You know, what it is. If it's a big budget, if it's just say a TV series, or if it's just someone's social work, it could be a couple of hundred dollars up to a couple of thousand dollars for the day. Nice. Also depends on what gear they want. You know, do they, are they going to be using an Inspire or something bigger? Are you going to be shooting ProRes, DNG, or do you just want some basic 4K or HD footage? Yep. Gotcha. So anywhere from, yeah, a day, a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Plus tra- so what about- travel as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 
What about what about for real estate over there? I know in the U.S., if it's like if you're doing like a video walkthrough tour and taking some pictures, I've seen anywhere from maybe two hundred bucks on the low end, and some people, if they're doing pictures, a video, and maybe like floor plans on Mac Matterport, they'll charge maybe twelve hundred bucks or thirteen hundred dollars. Um, I don't know what is it like in Australia as far as real estate stuff goes. Um, well, a lot of the real estate work we do. Aside from obviously the work through more media and that we do, we do a lot of work with the different media companies that actually do the videos and the editing and whatnot. So okay. we purely just, just do the drone, nothing else, which, mm-hmm. you know, at least we're focusing on just one part. Yeah. Um, say so you might be photos, might be a couple of hundred dollars all out to say a half day of video work, which, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the size of the property, if it's just a, you know, suburban house or if it's a beachside mansion, you might be on site for half a day with a production team there. Mm-hmm. That could be up to a thousand dollars. Gotcha. Just for the drone work. Yeah. But that sounds like if they got a production team there, that must be a pretty nice, expensive house. There's some pretty awesome houses. I'm not going to lie. I say. Like, you're, you're not going to get in, like a... Go ahead. I say you walk in, most of the houses you walk in, you're like, oh, this is really nice. You know, obviously they've kind of usually got money if they want a full produ- you know, video production. Oh, and yeah. Then some houses you walk into, you're like, <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> like, you know, there's bowling alleys, there's Lamborghinis. What? Like, bowling alleys? If you get a chance, check out the um, Amazon TV series. Um, was it, was it Sell in Sydney? No. Uh huh. Lux List in Sydney. That was it. Um, okay. That that shows kind of what the real estate market's like in Sydney and some of the properties we shoot. Dang, that's awesome. awesome. Do you have any drone footage on that uh, on that show? Can't say too much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say too much, but yes. All right. Just in general, if someone were to watch that show, is there a chance they could see some of your drone footage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cool, man. Um, so if you're, if you're somebody who is just getting into drones and they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I just want to fly my drone and have fun and, and make some, make some side cash. Uh, what would you recommend they do? I mean, cause you've done, you, you know what it's like on the, you know, more like video production or cinematography side. I kind of split it always into like, creative and data you know it's like you're using your drone to like capture data inspection stuff and then or you're using it for like photography or making movies or whatever um which which would you tell if they're like mole you got to help me i don't know what to do which which path should i take or what should i pursue in the drone world because there's there's several different options what would you advise for a a newbie getting into it Very tough one because I've actually had this question asked quite a lot. Oh, really? My, the, straight away, the first thing I ask is, are you a creative person or are you a, are you a uniform, uniform person, rather your data, sit behind a computer kind of thing? Good question. If they say, if they say they're into creative, 100%, get a Mavic 2. They're just a great starter drone. You know, you've got good quality footage, great flight time, great data transmission. And just start pro- approaching real estate companies. Start, you know, start asking, hey, can I, I'd never say offer video off the bat because you want to learn video first. Mm-hmm. Offer some photos, you know, your local, your local shops down on the beach, you know, if you live near a beach. Mm-hmm. Ask to you know, offer, offer your services. Um, for people that feel like getting more into the industrial side, the data side, the, just watch, watch a lot of YouTube videos and understand photogrammetry. <laughs> stuff. So go dive into... Know, dive into photogrammetry and mapping yeah pretty much like we've got little capture guides through trendspec and stuff which are 
amazing because you can actually it's like a zero to hero kind of you know you know nothing by at least by finishing reading the capture guide or so or so you can at least have a rough understanding but mm-hmm. that's even before touching a drone if you don't understand mm-hmm. photogrammetry you can't do it yeah and for those who are like photo what what is photogrammetry give us your your uh, your definition of photogrammetry a lot of photos stitched together to create a 3d model i guess it's probably the the most brought back way of explaining it yeah and they're stitched together so that you can typically like make accurate measurements right because you can yeah. what's measured on the model is actually the real world measurements since they're all referenced up. Yeah, exactly that's awesome okay so if someone was going to get into like the photogrammetry side of things mapping um do you think which one is which one is harder do you think to get into like harder to learn pick up understand master hardest to, hardest to learn would be doing like say vertical assets and everything mm-hmm. um very easy way to learn which we call it easy is download say an, an app that just does your basic flight plans it could be like drone deploy or drone mm-hmm. harmony any of the apps in general do auto mosaic images, which is essentially a top-down image. Yep. Uh, and just go to a local park, understand that how the drone flies autonomously. You'll you know you'll learn the settings as you kind of progress. Um, and just yeah, just learn in a local park where you can't really run into anything that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, okay, yeah, I, I like that. It's good. That's good. Um, good advice. Now, if someone in, and I guess second or another question or follow up question I have is a lot of times people, they, they think, okay, I've got a drone and I've got my license over as part one seven license or your remote pilot. What do you call it? The remote pilot's license. Uh, yeah. Remote pilot license. Yeah, remote pilot, yeah. Over there or, you know, wherever you are, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. and then they go buy a drone and they just think, all right, now I'm a money machine. You know, I've got my drone. I'm licensed. <laughs> Let me hit, hit me with some jobs. Cause I see people are like, where are all these jobs? And then they don't see any jobs flowing to them. And so their first instinct is, oh, the market's saturated. It must be the market and the market's saturated. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of other people out there who are hustling and making pretty good money. Um, yeah. So for someone who came to you was like, oh, mole, it's just the market's saturated and there's no, I can't, I can't get any jobs. You know, what am I doing wrong? You know, what would you like, what advice would you give them on how to actually get out there and make something happen? Honestly, network, network yeah. with anyone and everyone in the industry. Um, yeah. The more people you know, the more work you can actually take on and be able to do. Um, as I said, a lot of my work, like especially my personal work, comes through that, my network. You know, mm-hmm. Whether it be Instagram, whether it be Facebook, or just general people we know, you know, we talk to the whole industry talks between every platform every day. Yeah. And that's a good way to kind of get the juices flowing, kind of see what's coming in. There's, there is so much work out there, whether it be creative or industrial, or so data. There's so much to do. The, as yeah. the industry is so new and so it's not basic. It's far from basic. It's so yeah. new and still young. There's so much that we can learn. Like you know, drone deliveries down in Canberra, they're doing drone. Oh, so the you know our head head of Australia, they're all doing drone deliveries down there with our wing and um, I think it's wings owned by Google. I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're always hiring. Like there's, I don't know what exactly roles they're hiring, but if you look on the local platforms, they're hiring remote pilots. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think what you said, there's plenty of work out there. It's funny. I saw there was a report that came out recently. I think I just saw this two days ago. 
and they ask a bunch of different either drone drone service companies and other companies that utilize drones what their biggest challenges are and some of the larger ones are just have been the same year to year like oh regulations not keeping up and this and that but the one that had grown year over year for the last three years was the ability to find qualified uh, remote pilots like trained and qualified remote pilots so people saying oh there's not enough work there's companies saying hey we're having a harder and harder time finding pilots that are but the catch is that are that know what they're doing and are qualified not a guy who's got a drone and a license and that's where he stopped right like people who yeah. like danny who understand photogrammetry or have made a lot of effort to get good at video editing and or, or camera work production all that stuff I mean, that side of things right yeah. so when you have those skills you become much more in demand so if you're if you're listening at least that's my takeaway from the third party view of what i've been seeing yeah. happen and talking to people like you danny so well, that's it. So you're making yourself essentially making yourself valuable and, you know, multi-skilled. Like, you know, there's there's people out there that do a bit of everything that really don't have an idea. But if you get into, you know, in your downtime when you're on the toilet, watch YouTube videos. You know, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And there's so many there's so many online classes you can go and you know take. Like, especially the way the world is now, you know, you learn everything off just watching a video off your phone. You know, go yeah, out it's and practice like. It's a great way to kind of upskill yourself to make yourself valuable to these companies and you know get in there essentially get the work yeah. flowing yeah it's funny one common thing i see especially with, with you just the way you're talking and, and other people that have had on the podcast i'm like oh these people are really good and they're having success is they're just good at like being a continual learner you're just like watch yeah. youtube videos oh, on the yeah. toilet do whatever you have to do but you know like the people that I know that are like, hey, they're out there and they're actually getting things done and they're, they're doing really well. They just like, they're a sponge. They just like love to learn. They're always trying to, hey, how can I do this better? How can I learn more about this? What does this drone do? Hey, how can I figure this problem out? So um, I just, I like, I love that kind of perspective you're bringing there. I think people need to pay attention to that. Well, that's it. If, if you're not learning, what are you doing? Like, there's going to be jobs that I do, which even a job last week. You know, I learned a whole new way of doing it, which completely revolutionized what I was doing just hmm. from a YouTube video and a few little mistakes. <laughs> was that on the data it. side? Was that on the data side or was that on the, the creative side? Uh, that was the data side, but I, I learned a whole new, I uh, revolutionized essentially what I can do for that kind of uh, job, essentially. Don't want to give cool. too much away. <laughs> no, that's fine. I know. You're not here to spill all the beans and trade secrets, but um, majority of the time I am. But when it comes to certain levels of work, there's only so much you can. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah NDAs and whatnot. You have to drill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I want to respect. You know, you've got clients, you got agreements. You know, so um, that's awesome. Cool. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know we've been we've been chatting for a little while, and I've loved hearing about your story. But so, if people want to find out, you know, more about you, or you know hit you up and say, Hey, or, um, what would be the best way for them to find out more about you or get a hold of you? You don't have to give out like your cell phone number, but just, you know, if someone wanted to look you up, <laughs> yeah. um, best way to contact me is via my Instagram, um, mm -hmm. mole media. So M O L E M E D I A. Never spell mm -hmm. that. Cool. Um, I'm always on socials. I do it for work. I do it for work for, you know, the professional side and the fun side. Um, gotcha. plus if anyone's got any questions ever, I'm always up to help. You know, whether it be day or night, because you know, we're I'm a millennial. I still live with my phone in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I originally, so I originally hit up uh, Danny on LinkedIn, and you replied like really quickly. And then even tonight, when I was like, "Hey, man, just checking in, we're make sure we're still good," you, like 
30 seconds later, yeah, man, it's still good. I'm like, oh, this guy's on it. He's like ready to roll. Even on LinkedIn, yeah. the professional uh, you know, network here, you're still hitting it. Well, a good way of, a good thing I actually learned from a marketing course, yet again, learning. If mm -hmm. a client's got time to message you, if you reply back in six hours, well, they're not thinking about it right now. They, they could approach 20 mm -hmm. other people and got, somebody else would have got back to them. If you reply to someone instantly, especially, especially this day and age when your phone is in your hand, majority of the time in this industry, reply back straight away. Even a, hey, mate, thanks for the message. I'll get back to you in half an hour. Something mm -hmm. like just being quick, quick on your feet. Yeah. No, I like that. That's great. Because again, you're showing initiative and you know, you're ready to go. Um, cool. Well, we'll, we'll link up your, um, Instagram into the, um, show notes, but if you were listening, you, you could hear it pretty easy. Mole media, um, do you have a website or anything or is Instagram the best? No, and I canceled my website after the first year. It got 500 yeah. hits in one year where my Instagram is getting 20,000 a day. <laughs> Whoa. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Just shy of 10 K, but that's, I'm nice. looking at the of it. Let's get this man to 10K. If you're listening to this podcast, you go out there, you follow Mole Media, you follow him right now. Let's get this man over the 10K mark, all right? Uh, and then shoot him a message and say, hey, hey, Danny, I heard you on the Drone to 1K podcast. I'm following you. Let's get this. Let's get it to 10K. Cool. Well, um, well, thanks for coming on, Danny. I appreciate it, man. Um, thanks for sharing all the wisdom with the digital twins and telling us about the media company and some of the cool stuff you've done. Um, so I appreciate it and appreciate you being willing to help out the next wave of drone pilots coming through the system. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I can help out. You know, what an awesome industry to be in and time to be alive. <laughs> it's right. That's right. All right. Thanks, Danny. All right. So that was our episode with Danny from Hoverscape and Mole Media. Again, I really enjoyed that interview. Hope you did too. Quick reminder, uh, if you are one of the people who listens to these podcasts right when they come out, you could win some swag and some prizes. So there's a link either uh, under the YouTube video if you're watching or it's in the email that you got announcing this podcast episode where you just have to answer one question uh, about this episode, uh, just a random factoid from the episode. And if you answer that question correctly, you can list out some prizes that you want to win. We give away, I think, four or five prizes each week. I can never remember, but it's like a course, a shirt, a hat, a mug, maybe something else. So you can list uh, your priority and we'll pick five people every week. Uh, and it's a smaller pool because it's for the people who listen right when it comes out in the first week. So you have to do that. Uh, typically, we release these on Tuesday. So as long as you do it by um, the following Tuesday, you'll be entered for that. Also, don't forget, if you have any drone questions at all, uh, drone industry, you're starting a drone business, you don't know how the thing takes off, whatever, just send us a question at askdronelaunch.com. You can send in a voicemail or you can uh, fill out a form and send it uh, via typing. And we're gonna create YouTube videos to answer your questions. Um, and if you have your information in there, we'll try to tag you in it um, if you'd like. But uh, but yeah, go to askdronelaunch.com. Looking forward to getting your questions. Um, sad moment because now this is the end of season four but we will be back with season five hopefully very soon uh, but in order to do that we need lots of good guests so we try to go out and actively recruit guests uh, that are doing really well in the drone industry that are kind of industry experts but we also need um, people who are beginners to apply to because we like a broad range so if you have a drone service business and you have eclipsed that one thousand dollar per month mark let's say for like three months in a row um, we would love to get your story so um, there should be a link in the email again that this came out with uh, that announces podcast episode where you can apply to be on the podcast. Just 
you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your business, what you're doing. Um, we'd love to get more stories and feature more people like you that are having success and are climbing up. Because if you're just thinking about a drone business, it's helpful to hear from people who are um, just past the beginning stages. But if you already have a drone business and you're getting clients, it's helpful to hear from some of those high level people who are um, bringing in lots of business and doing really well. So we try to have a broad range uh, so it's helpful for everyone who listens to the show. Um, all right, thank you so much again. Happy to wrap up season four, uh, excited for season five, and we'll see you later. Take care.